What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm very excited for this episode. This is going to be a fantastic one. Uh, but I do have a favor to ask you guys. So my computer, I believe, is on its last legs. I think we're going to have to retire this beast. This beast has changed my life, literally. I got this thing right in 2020, right when we first started the podcast journey. And uh, man, I've like helped out with documentaries. I've done all kinds of stuff, and I'm very sad. But I think the sound card went out. And I, my audio, I think the outgoing audio is good. And uh, for like the guests on the show, but you guys let me know in the chat if there's anything funky with the audio. I think it's just me. Like these, I can't really hear much. I can't hear anything. I've been messing around with some music and uh, I can't hear the music I've been making anymore. So yeah, it's a sad day, but uh, I do have a new laptop on the way, which is a, a blessing. But um, let me know, long story short, if, if there's anything going on with the audio, let me know in the chats and we'll address it as we go. Uh, before we get too far into it, I just want to tell you guys how you can follow and support the show. And let me pull this up here real quick. So the website is rebunked.news, and that's the main website for this show. Um, here, you, uh, As soon as you log in, they'll ask for an email. You know, I would suggest it just that way I can shoot out notifications about when I go live or if there's any updates about the show. Um, I don't send out any promotions or anything. Um, if I do, it's like, like I, sh I shouted out like a event Richard Grove was doing stuff like that, but like, you know, you're not going to get spammed or anything like that. Uh, at the top of rebunk.news, you'll see the affiliate stuff. There's a R Richard Grove's autonomy course, which is fantastic. Like they're just wrapping up season nine right now. I'm a season eight graduate. It was a powerful experience. And a lot of the stuff I do today, I learned through autonomy. So it really has helped me take my game to the next level. So if that's something that interests you, click the link here, go through the obstacle course and see if autonomy is good for you. Uh, we also got the TRS heavy metal detox spray. Uh, I, again, I got my bottle sitting over there. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, way to absorb and eliminate all the heavy metals that are in your system. TRS, truthtrs.com. Uh, and then let's head over to the t-shirt shop. All right. This is brought to you by Big Frog T-shirts. Shout out to Amanda, Ryan, and the team over there. They're just doing some awesome work. And I and this is what I got to say about these guys. So they're just like, you know, they just run my T-shirt webpage here. And it's like, I'll pop on and there'll be like a new design that we talked about and stuff. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And it's so cool. Way beyond my expectations. Uh, of course, by your uh, request, we do have women's shirts as well. Ladies shirts. So go check those out. And then... Uh, we got the hats, the beanies, you know, me, I'm always wearing my damn hat. You know what I'm saying? Like represent with a rebunked hat or beanie in your community. But also look at this. I just logged in today and I just saw this. We got the rebunked stickers. Are you kidding me? Look at that. So you can get like an official rebunked logo sticker. You can get the, 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 the modified airplane one. And then of course you guys, the Beavis stickers, the Beavis, are you threatening me stickers? Are you kidding me? How cool is that? <laughs> I'm going to have to order a bunch of these, dude. This is so awesome. So, um, and then, uh, there's a few other designs there. Oh, looks like I logged out of it there, but anyway, uh, great way to follow and some great way to support the show. Um, that's either you can click the link at the top of the page right there in the middle, or you go to rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Um, also value for value donation options, all the social media you can follow. I'd recommend telegram t.me forward slash rebunk news is the best place to stay up to date. And then 
Make sure you uh, subscribe on all the video and audio podcast players. And then that really helps with the show. So, uh, again, I want to just apologize real quick. I didn't get a show out last week. Things have been pretty busy and hectic around here. And last week kind of got away from me. I had a guest reschedule. So I just kind of like, you know, I just got to focus on other stuff. But we're back in business, baby. I got some uh, a fantastic show for you tonight. Uh, some great episodes coming up. And without further ado, let's bring in the man himself, Mr. Hervoje Morich. How are you, What's buddy? Up? How you doing? I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, I just, I thought I was thinking about your computer. It's funny. Um, I ended up getting a desktop, which I think is much more uh, efficient. But literally, since 2008, when I bought my first laptop, I'm not kidding. Every single th uh, three years, uh, they last three years. So mm. 2008, 2011, I had to get another. 2015, literally 2018. Uh, and it's, I don't know. I, I guess they're just not made to last, um, you know, very long. I don't think so, man. Are, are you using Windows or Mac? Max? I'm using Windows now. On Windows, <laughs> yeah. When I first started with podcasting, we I had a Windows, and it just could not handle it, dude. It could not handle it. And then we used my buddy's window Windows PC or laptop, and it kind of it it was it was all right. It got the job done for the time being, but like there was a couple instances where like we were about to have a guest on, like a scheduled guest. And then it does the thing where it's, oh, your Windows needs to update. And then it's like 45 minutes and it's like you're just at the mercy of it. So at that point, I I bought this stinking little 2015 MacBook off of some dude on Facebook Marketplace. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's I have this has been a, a very powerful tool fighting the new world order. I'll tell you that <laughs> I've like uh, helped uh, Miriam Hernane with her. George Floyd documentary on here. I've done a lot of volunteer work for Richard Gage, who I know you just had on your show. Uh, and, and it's just like this, this, this little beast. I'm going to be very sad when I have to retire it, but, uh, but it's, it's been a pretty powerful tool. So anyway, eight years, good run. And yeah, is it, we run in the same circles. Miriam was on my uh, podcast during uh, COVID-1984. She's been on my TNT show. Richard yeah. was just on the podcast. Yep. He's going to be on the TNT show next month. So Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know we have a lot of overlap, man, and I really appreciate that. And I've, I've been on your uh, TNT radio show a couple times, and I just have so much respect for what you do, man. Like, it's just really, really cool. So uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about it? So you have two shows, Geopolitics and Empire. And uh, the Havoye Moritz show on TNT Radio. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about both of those? Yeah, well, the podcast just started um, inadvertently, like 2012. Not officially. Mm -hmm. It was just like um, an experiment. I just wanted to find a way to talk to smart people um, because no one around me was interested in talking about these things. Yeah. So I just I was teaching here in Mexico at the top university, the only Latin American university that goes to Davos. Uh, they're officially linked. The techno It's called the, the Monterey Institute of Technology. And so uh, I just sc started Skyping in uh, people like Paul Craig Roberts, CIA officer Ray McGovern, James Bamford, Lord Christopher Monckton. Starting 2012, uh, that was called Dissident Thinker. It's still online. Uh, and then like around 2015, 16, I, I figured I should make a podcast proper. And I was just flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't know anything about anything i was just a teacher uh but again i just i want to know what's going on and i want to talk to smart people and that was my vehicle uh you know skyping in paul craig roberts to talk to my students and then recording it and putting it online uh and so i just kept doing that moonlighting uh, as a podcaster and then you know covid 1984 hits uh 2020 uh and then i was i was living in kazakhstan from 2017 to 2020 
Uh, and then that last year, we, we, we fled back because I'm like, we, we, I don't want to be stuck forever in Kazakhstan because it was all the whole QR code stuff. They locked us into our homes. Uh, you couldn't get, you know, later you couldn't get on a plane without being injected with Pentagon juice. And I'm like, with my family, like, we're hightailing it back to Mexico. And we barely made it. Uh, and then I was teaching virtually until 2021 for, from here to Kazakhstan. And my contract ended up, ended the summer of 2021. So I was without a job. But it's all right because it's a low cost of living, you know, in Mexico, and I can just I could just coast for, you know, I, I, you know, I have enough. Uh, I didn't have debt, so I could just coast for a long time. And so I figured uh, I'm going to try to work on the podcast full time. So I remade the website January 2022, a year and a half ago. And then three months later, uh, I get asked to go on TNT as a guest with Rick Moon, who's out in Ireland, I think. And then like a week later, they offer me a gig wow. uh, at TNT. And so. I thought about it for a day because the, you know how it is with podcasting. It's hard to monetize. And I still haven't been able to live off geopolitics and empire. Uh, you know, I, I get some donations and stuff like that, but it's not enough. And so TNT pays. And so uh, between the two, uh, you know, and I've just been rolling with it. Man, that's amazing. That's that's really inspiring. Yeah, it's definitely hard. You know, I don't think um, anybody's under the illusion that setting into the podcast world that that's going to be a huge mo- i mean you see the big shows and all this stuff and it's like oh i want some of that but it's like it's a long arduous journey towards anything and you know i've found kind of like what you're describing there is it's not necessarily the show it's more so the peripheral stuff that you get involved with like that that's been my experience like the stuff that i do as a result of doing a podcast you know being involved with like helping ryan from last american vagabond with his Substack and getting involved with the injected people you know that those are revenue streams that wouldn't have been available had i not started podcasting so it's like you know whether you know it's not necessarily the podcast that makes that pays the bills i mean hey some do hey that's awesome you know but it's a lot of times the people you meet the projects you get involved with that kind of uh tangentially spin off of your show is what makes it happen so you know and, and yeah it's that's really cool man so how long have you been doing the tnt radio show so it's been a year and three months now and, and i just to add what you said you know i think because of the my body of work with the podcast and interviewing all of those amazing uh people i think t- the, the the folks at tnt were like well this guy knows what's going on and mm. i did the 20 minute like skype with the boss and he's like if it's your job you want it or not you know <laughs> and, awesome. and, uh, uh, it's, it's, so it's just like you know it's and, and then I, it's funny i saw you were on press tv and it was like a month yeah. ago um I, the producer from press tv also contacted me and again i think that's just a result of what, what, what you're talking about you build up this body of work you know rebunk or geopolitics and empire you get credibility right uh, you get a certain amount of authority and then uh, people you know more opportunities uh, come off of that yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was an interesting experience. I really enjoyed that, honestly. I think they did a fair, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. And uh, with, with Press TV, the Press TV, for anybody that may not know, it's like a Iranian, an English-speaking Iranian news network out of Iran, you know? And so I think with so much of this stuff, like, we have such a propagandized view of the world, you know? And, and you're a world traveler, you know? I'm sure that, you know, a lot of that... Maybe, I mean, do you feel like, how should I even ask this? Like, should it, do you feel like you're uniquely impervious to a lot of the propaganda because you've been able to travel the world so much and you've seen some of these different cultures that maybe we've been, cause you know, dude, when you say Kazakhstan, 
like literally the only thing that comes to mind is like Borat, right? <laughs> and so it's like, you know, do you feel like you've, you've uh, allowed yourself to kind of have a more worldly view having lived in many places? That definitely helps. Like it's not necessary to, you know, escape the matrix. Like if you're an American living in America, yeah. it's not required to, to, to travel, but it certainly helps. Uh, I, I remember I went, I did Peace Corps Mongolia in 2006 and one of our Greek American uh, trainers, he, uh, he made a good point that stuck with me. Uh, I knew it intuitively, but he, he said it out loud. Like you never know, you didn't, you never really know your own culture or country, in this case, the U.S., until you've lived outside of it, like not just for a week or a few months, but like one year or more, it, it, unless you've lived outside of it. And then you get to look, look at it from the outside in, and then you can see like a whole new world. And so for people who haven't done that, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, and then you, then you hear how other people are talking about uh, America and, you know, most people outside of uh, America, you know, kind of like, yeah, 9-11 was an inside job. I mean, it's kind of obvious. And then America's like, what? You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. And the rest of the world's like, it's obvious, you know? And so, uh, yeah, and then learning other languages uh, as well. So, you know, and I, I'm, I'm on three, I'm, I'm on to three passports now. So <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So uh, with the TNT radio show, uh, you do literally five, so five days a week two interviews is basically a two hour show and you do an inter one, uh, two, one hour interviews. So to me, that's like, you know, I have a tough time like managing booking one or two guests a week. Like, man, how, how was that in the beginning? Well, okay. So tell us about how it was in the beginning, because my understanding <laughs> is that it was even more intense. That was that. It was absolutely brutal. And because I started March, 2022 and it was initially, because I think that's uh, TNT started uh, around January, 2022 so you know three three months into its birth uh, i get onboarded and you know they're on board they need to onboard people to fill out the 24-hour slots so you know i came in early when they still had you know um, a bunch of slots to fill and so i got three hours daily and back then it was you've got the guests for the full hour pretty much now we've got the guests for like 35 to 40 minutes which which is good you know i do a five minute new new spiel for like six minute new spiel to start and then we have a 10 minute with my news producer we, we talk about uh latest news and then you were on recently you know then the guest comes on for 35 40 minutes before that it was almost an hour block and it was three so it'd be three daily 15 guests on tnt plus my podcast you know i might do one uh one or two podcasts a week so that would have been like 15 16 or 17 guests uh yeah. so i you know I, I try to cut you know some you do some tricks like uh i might have a guest on i you know that i know come on for two hours um but it was just brutal you know uh on the one hand it's like i'm getting paid to do what i really love to do uh which was yeah. amazing the tnt yeah. show uh so that's amazing then the other was just it was brutal and then you know, you, you you find ways. I I would just bookmark a whole bunch of podcasts, including yours, and steal some of your guests, right? Uh, for that yep. that I haven't heard of, you know, for the first time. I you know, on yours and other podcasts, and then I might subscribe to like uh, press agencies who send me uh, potential guest uh, options as well. I made it through, and then eventually they knocked it down to two hours, which and that was just it was just a relief. So, wow, that's awesome, man. That's that's very impressive. So just keep up the amazing work. That's just uh. Yeah. Very, very impressive. So, um, so I was going to ask you, so what I've heard different, uh, takes on this, but 
do you feel like people in Mexico are kind of awake to what's going on or are they kind of under the spell? What's what's the temperature like down there as far as that goes? Right right now it's very hot, but <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I think about that often, uh, and I've been traveling. You know, for example, I was in Croatia for three months last year. I've been in and out of the U.S. Uh, and I'm just trying to gauge. I think overall it's kind of similar across the board in many countries. Mm. So I think the general rule of thumb is that across the board it's pretty much the same it's less a cultural or, or country thing it's more a human nature thing mm. you, you know what i'm saying yeah but then that having that having said that that's like the foundation is more or less the same but then it's it varies to different degrees so i think uh maybe like in in, in it the variation then depends on the geography if you're more in the western world you're bombarded by that pro propaganda but at the same time i mean in kazakhstan for example it was the same type of propaganda but the the kazakhs lived for example in the former soviet union so they know totalitarianism and i think the kazakhs understood more that this was not about a pandemic but it was about control and but they kept their heads down they shut up because they knew how it was under the mm. soviet union you see what I'm saying? So that was different from, let's say, in in in, in Europe, uh, yeah. and so. But the Mexicans, they more or less generally uh, complied, and then I think a few years into the pandemic, a few more were waking up. But I think as a culture, they just have a general uh, culture of compliance here, which is, and, and then maybe that goes back to to being under empire. You know, American and Spanish empire. That's their culture of just kind of like, uh, you know complying yeah 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 i mean that totally makes sense it's just a human nature thing man that's just uh because it's just even today still here in the united states like i still see people walk around in masks it's like didn't you guys get the memo did you just like time travel here from 2020 did you are you just like have you been in a cryogenic chamber or something like what is going on how have you not figured this out yet? you know well i saw i saw the news i i was shocked they're having this uh, i'm trying to pull it up in my telegram feed the tour de france like a week ago, uh, they set up an anti-COVID protocol for this year's race. Writers wow. and team staff are, are banned from signing autographs and eating out of their hotels. I mean, it's still going on. Jeez, that's insane. And they're like riding bikes down the street, right? It's like, that's... <laughs> are they making them wear masks while they ride? Is that is that part of the deal? It, it didn't say it in the article, but somebody oh, said geez. that. Yeah, and I, yeah. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So... Uh, well, you know, it's interesting though, because Mexico, like I look to Mexico on a certain area, a few areas that I'm like, yeah, they kind of got some stuff figured out. Like for example, um, aren't all GMO crops, foods banned in Mexico? Isn't that what I heard? No way, man. No. Uh, oh. like I, I was, I was on a, a podcast this morning with John, John, um, O'Laughlin, who's, who's a really cool, uh, guy. You should probably have him on and you go on his okay. show. His dad, totally. his dad, his dad worked for the. CIA, I believe JFK, JFK appointed his dad. Uh, I, I think oh, it's wow. like because oh, you know JFK said he wanted to blow up the CIA, cut mm -hmm. throw it into a thousand mm -hmm. pieces, and he wanted to set up like a sort of new thing. And he had appointed uh, John the Laughlin's dad, and you know he, he 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 died of some disease mysteriously. His dad, and so uh, John wrote a book about it. But uh, GMO thing. I mean, I was in the big box supermarket this week here in Mexico, and I was just commenting more and more on many different products 
you know, they, they switched before it used to be GMO and now it's bioengineered. Mm. So, you know, they, they always trick us with these name changes, but yeah. I'm noticing on more and more products saying bioengineered, bioengineered stuff that wasn't bioengineered yeah. before. So th that stuff is definitely here, but you still have that option. You can go to the big market or smaller markets here in Mexico and just get, you know, the, 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 the raw unprocessed natural foods, fruits, uh, vegetables, meat. Um, but you know, it's, it's coming to a head, the GMO fight because of, you know, NAFTA, which is the foundation for the North American union. Uh, I've, I, I've interviewed when I was teaching at the tech, the father of the North American union, you know, Robert pastor, he would come to the campus and promote the North American union. Uh, so I've, I've, I've met him in person and I think I did the last interview with him, uh, because that was December, 2013. I skyped him into my class. And then he passed January, January 2014 oh, wow. from cancer. But so, you know, NAFTA was the it's North American Union, the foundation for it. Now it's NAFTA 2.0 USMCA. And so the U.S. government and the corporations now want to open a dispute with Mexico because Mexico wants to ban GMO corn. So it's okay. like Mexico's getting serious about trying to keep away the GMO corn. And so now it's 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 coming to a head. That's a good sign that Mexico's putting up. A fight, but I still hear from Mexican friends that say and we talk about tortillas, right? And yeah. they're like, uh, it's you know, it's, I see Monsanto trucks sometimes around, wow. and um, they say it's it's already come in to some of the corn. Uh, you know, you know how the GMOs work. It's like it's it's mm -hmm. once it's in, it kind of contaminates, and so uh, it's it's probably all, already in some of the tortillas. So it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you don't mess with the tortillas in Mexico. Like, how dare they, man? Like, I, I would be putting up a fight, too, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's intense. Well, I mean, credit to them for mounting a defense against it. Like, we just roll over and take it here. Like, well, obviously, I think, you know, obviously all of our government and regulatory agencies are completely captured and just go along with whatever the industry wants. But it's almost like, you know, this is, whereas like 200 years ago, the empire was like people coming to your country in ships or marching in with their armies but now it's like corporations and their policies and capturing the government silently and like backroom deals and bringing in their trucks with their glyphosate and it's like it's very sneaky but it's the same mentality you know but it's you know all of it all of it has shifted from a political like ruling class to just a corporate structure that's 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 now that these governments are just beholden to you know there's almost like no government anymore it's like well I mean, it's like that old speech in uh the movie network you know what i'm mm. talking about where he's getting lectured movie, yeah. and he's like there's no there's no governments anymore there's just exxon mobile and bp like you get out there and you tell them out <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but th th that's it because you know one of the things that i'm most obsessed about uh i mean the, the, my two themes that i cover mostly are world government you know uh global mm -hmm. governance like, like the you know technically studying like you know you study the eu which is the blueprint for world government. I mean, the Mexican president last year said he was in a meeting with Blinken and it's on Lopez Obrador's official website, like the transcript. He literally said, and I've been saying this for 20 years, if you study globalism, EU is the, the model. It's the mm. core. Uh, it's the home of world government. And now it just wants to replicate it to the rest of the world. And they're assisting the rest of the world's regions. If you study, you know, the governments are making these bilateral deals with the EU to replicate everything they're doing, all regions in the world. And so AMLO said, uh, Let's copy. He literally said, I want to let's copy the EU and integrate Canada, USA and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then you had Rafael Correa, the ex-president of Ecuador, like a few weeks later last year, he said, 
Let's he literally also said, let's copy the EU and create a South American Union and a South American currency, which Lula is promoting. So um, but you're you you know your your point on the corporations. Oh, and so my other I look at that and then the algorithm ghetto, you know, the digital technocracy, the cashless system. Uh, and then you, you just go around all these corporations, they bought up everything. And, you know, they bought the governments, the, the mayors, the, the governors here in Mexico are completely captured by the globalists completely. I live in the smart city. It's called a resilient city and it's financed by the Rockefeller Foundation. And they're giving money here to build out massive public transport because they want to take it. They're going to take away our cars. So they're building mm -hmm. out the transport with Rockefeller. And I found actual white papers. It literally says this and the white papers say cashless society, um, building out public transport. And so they've monopolized everything. It really doesn't matter. Uh, it's the new form of empire. They don't need troops because their troops are the bought mayors, governors, and, and uh, prime ministers and presidents. And then they own all of the food. They own uh, everything. So they don't need soldiers. Where, you know, where, where are you going to go to buy stuff from them? And then when the cashless system comes in, um, if they don't like you, they just shut off your smartphone and then you can't buy anything and you just starve to death. So. <laughs> well, dang it, man. Cause I was just kind of always planning on when everything goes to shit here, I'm just going to flee to Mexico. Hang out. There. It might got... be, it might be less worse. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'll give you that. Worse. It might be yeah. less worse than other places. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. I got uh, my buddy, the drizzles in the chat over on Rockfin. I know he's uh expatriated. He's going to be on TNT later this week, I think. Oh, so you know, you know, James. All right, cool. Yeah, dude. That's, that's my dude right there. He, uh, went down to Acapulco and stopped here in Nashville on the way we had dinner and uh good dude, man. He's does some awesome work over at, uh, Liberty radio. Everybody go check that out. Grand Theft world Liberty radio. So, um, yeah, man. So I might be coming to you sooner rather than later. I don't know. It's like all of a sudden, like they're going to build a border wall to keep Americans out at some point. Exactly. I mean, obviously that's the joke. I mean, I mean, I didn't make that up, but it's like, dude, <laughs> No, it's, it's 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 true. You know, Ron Paul said that. I, I you know, I, I got the great Ron Paul. I, I got that from Scott Horton like two weeks oh, ago. Nice. I was I, I met Ron Paul at the conference. It was amazing oh, uh, in, in, in Texas, and I got to hang out at Daniel McAdams' house uh, afterward. But uh, yeah, you know, here's another crazy thing. I did an interview with this progressive leftist who did groundbreaking work. His name is Todd Miller. And his book, I think it's, I don't remember the title, but it deals with the border industrial complex. Mm. And this just blows your mind. It's like one giant puzzle piece that I've never heard anyone talk about in alt media, really. And this is coming from a left winger. And he explains how the whole border stuff, TSA, DHS, the border wall, it's bipartisan. Mm -hmm. So it's not like just Trump or Biden. It's both. And they're building out these smart systems, drones and AI and facial recognition and biometrics and surveillance. And the shocking thing is the U.S. is assisting all the world's countries to build for them to build it out. And, and, uh, and like I was my mind was blown. He's like and he goes to these. He's done the, the underground research. The U.S. has offices like in Philippines and the Middle East and Africa and Latin America to assist those countries to build the same thing. And the EU next. So in six months for non-Europeans to go now to the EU, they're basically replicating like the DHS TSA system now in the EU. It's called ETIAS. So if you want to go to Europe, Rome, Paris next year, the first thing you have to do is you have to go online to the EU website, pay like 10 euros, fill out this massive form, and then wait a few days to be approved by the, the algorithms. Uh, and then you can go to Europe. You know, now you can just buy a ticket and go. But 
next year that this, this is starting. And so, I mean, it's, it's no longer a joke. And so they want to have this border control, digital border control system at every country. It'll control people's uh, ability if they can leave their country, exit, mm. and entry into wherever they're going. So it's going to be like a total, literally prison planet, you know, like <laughs> Alex Jones said. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Because you'd think if they're trying to create this one world system, you know, they always say that no borders, no wall, no USA at all, right? They want to tear down the borders. You know, we don't, we don't want to have any borders. It's one big planet. It's like human right and all that stuff, right? Which may, I mean, maybe there's some argument to that, I guess, maybe. But like at the same time, at the same time, it's like, why would they be wanting to re like sector off all of the countries then if they're trying to create one big utopian world, right? So that is exactly what you're saying to kind of like lock us in. So Maybe they're like, like Trump is great. Trump is so great because whatever, whatever they think they can't push out, they just get his supporters to get behind and then they could roll it out. They're just like, Trump, you got hired to push out a vaccine and build this wall that's going to imprison everybody in the United States. That's your job. Go do it. He's like, all right. I'm <laughs> it's the best wall, the best wall ever. <laughs> freedom cities now, right? He's, yeah. he's promoting the 15 minute freedom cities, you know? So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. They're like, all right, guys, at the, in the board meeting, they're like, all right, guys, that 15 minute city thing didn't work. We need to get our boy Trump out there. Freedom cities, freedom cities. There you go. Freedom vaccines, freedom cities. You know what I mean? Like freedom, uh, freedom bump stock bans, all that good stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's the other thing. So, oh my gosh. Like, so what's the fire? I know that the guns aren't legal there in Mexico. Or? They, they are legal. I was just talking about this with a friend over okay. the weekend. But, yeah, tell but, me, because all this stuff I'm, I thought I knew about Mexico, apparently I don't know anything about. So tell me about this, the gun situation there. No, so so they're legal, but it's much more restricted. Like, like I'm, I'm licensed to own a firearm in the U.S. I got my, right here somewhere, my firearms license for Illinois, uh, where I'm from. But uh, here, it's, you can get them. It's, it's more paperwork, so it's more mm -hmm. cumbersome. Um, you have to be either, like, a former military. A lot of Mexicans serve one year, you know, military service. For, so, for example, my, my Mexican friend here, uh, he's done one year military service, so that kind of gives him less paperwork to do. If if you didn't go through that, because uh, I'm also a Mexican citizen, uh, then you have to be a member of a local gun club. So you have mm -hmm. to become a member, which, uh, and, you know, in Mexican economy isn't cheap. It's a couple hundred bucks, I think, or more, I don't know, a year just to be a member of the gun club. Then you got to do all this paperwork, which can take months, maybe even a year. And then um, with the office in Mexico City, they've only got one gun store. One gun store in the entire country is in Mexico City. What? And so, and so once you get approved, you know, you go for your appointment. You know, it could take months or a year or more. You get, let's say you get your gun license. And then you make an appointment to go to the gun store in Mexico City. And then you get your guns. And then they have to give you a special permission once you've bought the guns to take it back home to wherever you, you, you live. Uh, and then the caliber of the guns are lower than what you get in the U.S. They, they can't be higher than what the police, the National Guard, military, fe uh, federals have uh, here. So they've limited the the caliber as well, which kind of sucks. So yeah. that's basically the gun. Meanwhile, you've got narcos and everyone and their mother, you know, running around with guns illegally. And so, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, they literally have an army that could probably rival the standing government in Mexico, probably in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, that's insane. Um, well, what about uh, like free 
speech type of stuff like is like it could you get in trouble for talking about certain topics like if it, oh, like it became a scandal or something yeah also yeah. i mean mexico has one of the highest number of uh more journalists being killed you know just like really? a few weeks ago in the state of puebla uh he, he's he was older probably 50 plus years old uh walking out of his, usually you know they're walking out of their home and then they get gunned down wow. uh and so uh so it's, it's usually when you say free speech it's it's more i guess the the primary danger the target is if you're going after criminal elements in mexico so if mm -hmm. you're talking about corrupt politicians or corruption in government which is and or linked to cartel stuff that's the thing that's going to get you killed in mexico but you know beyond that you can pretty much say whatever you want and for example this, this last journalist just just got gunned down outside his home he was doing journalism that was having a real impact like he was right. outing real corrupt figures that were then getting arrested you know what i'm saying like serious yeah. journalism at that level then he got taken out but, you know i'm i'm here and i don't focus much on mexico because it's just not my interest i you know I, yeah I, i'm international relations former professor and so i'm looking at globalism and all that stuff but yeah, the, the free speech not not so bad. But you know, they, they they reported recently, you know, Pegasus, you know, that Israeli spyware. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Apparently, the Mexican military, the Mexican government, was the first client, uh, first to oh. purchase that. Uh, I think 2014. I don't know years ago. And okay. so, and this was reported in Proceso, one of the main Mexican uh, outlets, um, that the Mexican military has like a there's a bunker somewhere in Mexico, and the Mexican military is illegally unconstitutionally um using that now to spy on us uh citizens and foreigners uh and so that's going on and it's like what can you do it's like in many other countries like in the u.s their nsa is Ill they're illegally doing all this stuff it's illegal but you don't patriot act whatever we can't really mm -hmm. do anything about it yeah yeah illegal unconstitutional but that doesn't seem to mean much these days at all that's for sure man uh, well, I mean, to kind of tie all that together, like, it seems like, like I was having a conversation with Ryan from last American vagabond the other day. And like, you know, he made, actually we were, <laughs> we were uh, at that event in Nashville and uh, that rebels event, and we were doing a little speech on stage and he made such a good point. And, you know, it's basically like, we talk about this, you know, all of the, uh, people coming up from South America through, from Mexico, you know, client, you know, c coming into the country. You know, like the 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 mass migration, all that stuff. Um, you know, I hate to say like illegal aliens, but it's like you know what I mean. Like it's that 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 phenomenon. But really, it's caused by. And this is what Brian's point was: is like, yeah, of course it's an issue, but it's all caused by American foreign policy. It's America's intervention and just crippling these nations for decades all over the world, putting them in like such ep economic turmoil, like Venezuela, and then even so far as. The, the cartels derive their power from the American drug laws, you know? And it's like, like all of America's like domestic and foreign policy causes such a ripple effect in the world that it leaves these people with almost no hope or, you know, no option other than to come here. Right. And, and, and then when you incentivize it with, with, with like free welfare and all the George Soros stuff that they give them on the way up here, it's like, of you know, you can't blame these people almost like, it's like, we got to take a look at ourselves first. Like, what are your thoughts on all that? I mean, I got a, a direct anecdote. So I was in LA in April to attend, uh, I've been going to a lot of conferences, the American freedom Alliance conference, world okay. war three, the early years. And, uh, half a dozen of my guests were 
speaking there. Michael Rechtewald and Joe Allen, who I've interviewed, Rima, Dr. Rima Libo, and people mm. like that. Uh, um, James Roguski was there. Uh, I was sitting with him. And one of my taxi drivers was had, had a young girl from El Salvador. And she had been half uh, for half a decade in, in L.A., in California. And she... It, I mean, I can tell from her name and, you know, that she was Hispanic and I just started speaking in Spanish and, uh, you know, she told me she didn't speak English very well, you know, five years. And then she tells me that she came in illegally. She paid a a coyote from El Salvador. Uh, And and I just ask these questions because I'm always curious because I've got like three citizenships, three cultures and lived in half a dozen countries. And sometimes I wonder, like, should I continue living in Mexico? Should I go back to Croatia? Should I go to the U.S.? Like, I don't know anymore where I belong or where, where I really want to go. That's the problem when you have too many options. So if you only have like one citizenship, you're American, you're kind of lucky. You know, just kind of uh, you don't have to think about these things. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just kind of gauging her feelings. And she told me that back in El Salvador, she would make like 100 bucks a month, like a pittance, nothing, 100 bucks a month. And then, you know, she makes whatever she makes as an Uber taxi driver in, in California, you know, pretty, uh, uh, you know, I guess good. And then I, she said, I asked you, w- would you ever want to go back to your own country? And she's like, if I could make half of what I was making in the U.S., I would go back to El Salvador. So basically, it's just like you said, economic. She yeah. said, if I could make half that money, I'd go back to El Salvador. Otherwise, I can't because what am I going to do with 100 bucks a month, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it's literally, why would a person like a per? I know myself, I wouldn't want to be forced to leave my home, my country to go to someplace else where my family's been there for generations where all my family still is. Why would I choose to leave my family and, and my culture and everything to go forge a new life elsewhere in some place where I don't even speak the language. That sounds like hell. It sounds like a nightmare, you know, but it's, it's a result of like the, the, what what america's done really i mean like uh i saw you had john perkins on recently too he's like the guy that kind of broke the spell of uh you know the what is it the uh hitman the the I'm confessions of an economic right. hitman right yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like yeah didn't I you have him on what, was i was, was i mistaken yeah actually i got, I got yeah. the book behind me i actually got it from the okay, publisher good. Uh, <laughs> good okay good 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 yeah so so that whole story anybody that hasn't read that i i don't have that i have his uh secret history of the american mm-hmm. empire over here yeah um I need to, I've read his book. I checked it out at the library, but I haven't actually, I don't have a copy of it. But anyway, that's such a big red pill right there about how the American uh, financials, they just use their financial system to go out and like over leverage all these South American countries. And then it's just like, you just take all their resources and plunge them. And so that's, this is like a long, we're seeing like the fruits of what started like back in like the sixties, right? The sixties and seventies with all the, the economic hitman stuff. So it's crazy 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 yeah and and you know even uh, just just on that other note when i was in texas i had an afghan driver mm-hmm. and we were having this discussion and he told me he wanted to go back to afghanistan so he him and his wife were ready to go but his kids grew up in uh, the u.s and for now they want to stay uh, the ki- he, so he's staying only because of his kids so mm-hmm. it's kind of playing to what we were saying earlier you know he wants to go back to afghanistan he was saying the social and family life is so much better in america he says the quality of life is much better in afghanistan again the only thing is the, is the economics that's attracting people to the u.s that's the only thing is money if, if it wasn't for that everyone would go back to where they uh came from but uh you know and, and on the note of perkins i've interviewed on my podcast and tnt show jefferson morley 
uh, who's done great work. And my favorite book from his is Our Man in Mexico. Again, it's right, mm. right behind me. And he declassified the documents of, of how three Mexican presidents were CIA agents. And just recently, a, a new declassified file revealed that a fourth president, Echeverria, from who was president in the 70s and 80s in Mexico, wow. was a CIA asset and agent. And that's precisely that that goes to what, you know, it overlaps with Perkins work. So, you know, he, he had the the IMF and the World Bank send their representatives to get their countries into debt. In this case, it's Mexico basically working for Wall Street and, and uh, Washington interests and basically extracting the wealth in Mexico, which is why AMLO, AMLO, you know, he just a month ago, he sent a letter to Biden saying, tell USAID to stop financing the Mexican opposition. You know wow. what I'm saying? So that, that's how it's, uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Damn, dude. Is is there, so I mean, I guess I really haven't heard much about this. Like, is there political tension between the United States and Mexico, like on a broader sense? Like, I don't know. Well, that seems it's like more, it it's be. more in a deep political sense because there's areas where they cooperate and where they don't. And AMLO mm -hmm. has been a diplomatic president. So he's like, he supports friendly with Trump, uh, AMLO. Uh, and he's trying to be he, he's trying to be he's he's trying to be bring about as much peace as possible, you know, mm -hmm. AMLO, regardless of whether it's Biden or Trump. So he's trying sure. to make things work as bad as things are, kind of like what a true diplomat would do, regardless of ideology. Um, but at the same time, he's calling out, he, you know, recently he was saying like the Pentagon and the DEA are spying on on Mexican government institutions. Hmm. And I think there was a port recently where the Mexican national guard to control of some port in mexico that was owned by like an american corporation and so there are these struggles and, and battles uh going on but it's 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 not like i think that it's it's worse from the u.s end you've seen like dan crenshaw and lindsey graham and some of these guys they're calling for literally for the u.s to invade mexico i mean oh that's that's insane <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah these guys like both sides dude everyone just needs to go to jail i'm sorry they just all need to go to jail to start over dude. and in some cases in some cases anyway uh so i saw this a couple of news items popped up that are that i saw today that kind of are relative to what we were what we've been talking about so this is a ap news story here it says Oh, my computer's so laggy. We'll get a new one here soon, guys. Probably by the next episode, we'll have a new computer. I don't know if it's lagging on your guys' end, but it's bad on mine. Look at this. AP News. Join the military. Become a U.S. citizen. Uncle Sam wants you and Vu and Tu. So if you just want yourself a nice little American citizenship, just come join the military. What could possibly go wrong with that, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I saw that news, I think, yesterday from Matt Lamar, who was a guest on my TNT show last year. He's the first Space Force veteran. And, and I mean, this is like Rome. This is what Roman Empire did. They would hire more and more uh, mercenaries, right? Mm. Uh, for me, this is kind of a form of that because they're not native citizens. You're just mm -hmm. bringing in foreigners and... Yeah, I mean, it's and, and if you're an American, why would you fight for this government that forces you to wear rainbow fascist flags? You know, the LGBT plus Q, uh, you know, I think Jim Jatris, I heard that first from my guest, former retired diplomat Jim Jatris calls it rainbow fascism. And for this woke <laughs> ideology, yeah. uh, I mean, when your own government is against you, it's like, what am I going to, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, in that article, it talks about how recruitment numbers are the lowest they've ever been. It's like, well, no kidding. You wonder why? Like, you guys are literally ramping up this insane, like, nonsensical war. I mean, obviously, people are getting hurt in, like, Ukraine, Russia and stuff. But it's like, dude, like, like if... Like, we all know what's going on. The emperor has no clothes. Like, we literally know, dude, that would be a cool, like, name for the empire has no clothes. Have you ever used that for, for an episode title or anything? I should change empire. my podcast name. Yeah. Empire the, has no clothes. Empire That's a has good no one. clothes. For That's someone who wants to, wants to start a podcast, there you go. There you empire go. has no clothes. <laughs> the empire has no clothes, dude. It literally does. Like, we see what's going on. It's very blatant in your face. Like, the whole Ukraine corruption, Biden connection, everything, dude. Like, it's just this Zelensky guy. What the hell? The CIA stuff? Like, come on. We know what's going on here. And so give it up. Just back down. Of course, no one wants to join your military. So you're having to bring in, like, people from, like, Sierra Leone to, like, fight in your military, dude. Like, it's so crazy. And, and of course, you know, we, uh, truther, like, truther conspiracy porn style where it's like, oh, the UN's going to invade every now, you know, someday. Like, there's going to be some crisis in america and the un has to come take control right you know what better way to do that if you already have like international people from all over the world already inserted into your own military you know with no allegiance to what america stands for it's like that's what i said in the press tv interview you know i try to be very very clear that you know this is not my government these people that claim to be american the american government they don't represent me like i'm very proud to be an american i love america to death i love what america stands for like what the ideals of america but but it's been so bastardized and corrupted and taken to such a dark, evil place that, you know, and that's not, that's not freedom. That's not, I mean, that's, I mean, it almost kind of brings up like an existential question where I was like, is this freedom? Is this what the, the pinnacle of human freedom is? Like, have we, you know, given the construct of what America is, given all the ingredients, this is what it became? Like, but, 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 but still, does that make sense? Like, like that can't be true. That can't be true that this is what freedom is. This is what freedom creates, you know. I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I think a lot of things are cyclical. I, I think we, we've reached uh, the peak, and I think you know we've seen the best days for now, in a in a sense. And you know, my view is, I, as a Christian, you know, I, I literally believe the Bible and the prophecies. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're we're headed now in through this fire that we're all going to go through, whether it's um, us or the next uh generation and i've had on my shows and podcasts for example gregory copley of the international strategic studies association he's an older dude who's worked with governments you know very high level historian and analyst and he's said that democracy is finished it's it's gone it doesn't exist anywhere on the planet where democracy is done if it ever existed and he's like we're in an age of tyranny now we are in an age of authoritarianism across the board and you see it in the west uh uh he, he was saying that you know canada we, we we we've all seen it we know this stuff the freezing of the bank accounts uh pay you know the Dep department of homeland security banning me from paypal last year uh you know uh, in australia maria zaric having her bank account shut like a couple months back um and then you know trump today be being uh arrested and just on and on and mm. now they're now they're criminalizing speech and and thought crime you know parents who are conservatives are being classified as terrorists i mean it's absolutely nuts and so i feel like we're, we're going into this age and historically when you look at stuff when when you go from freedom to tyranny and you know tyranny for freedom we're in that cycle of now where we're going from freedom to tyranny we're going mm. into it it's like you go you're in a in a pool and in a slide and 
you, you slide off that top and you're going down the slide. Yeah. It's you're going down. You can't go back up, you know, to the yeah. top where there's freedom. It's we're going now into it. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, you know, and and but I, I you know I have a lot of hope though. I do have a lot of hope, and I feel like there there's gonna be like quite a intense fire to walk through. You know, we're probably already in it. We're probably getting conditioned for it. You know what what the way I viewed the world, even like 2019. You know, like like the craziest thing that I'd ever seen. Like I I saw the towers come down, but then like that was like the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. I was like, oh, truth is coming out. It's all coming out. They're all they're all they're all gonna. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're going to get all the Guantanamo Bay, open up Guantanamo Bay, baby. It's coming. Right. And then of course go to happen. But it's like the way I see the world now, it's like, I feel like we've just been like hardened and, and uh, we've all just become like, you know, much more jaded. And it's just like, it's just like, we've been through a lot already. So it's almost like we, would we even recognize it if it were to show up at our doorstep? Because, you know, what we've seen in the last few years has been so extreme compared to like what we would have put up with in 2019 or before that it's like, we're almost being slowly like just in the pot of boiling water, just slowly getting boiled into it, you know? But I, I do have hope though. I feel like there is going to be some craziness happening, but uh, at the other side, it's going to be a magical awakening, dude. And uh, we, we can all prepare for that in our own communities. That's the whole point, you know, just, just building community and just becoming self-sufficient and learning skills and, trying to like not have to get your food at the grocery store. Like that's a big push that I'm doing. I met some people uh, just in the last few weeks, um, like organic farms. And I'm starting to, I, I went and helped out at a farm this last weekend. And I left with a big old bag, like a reusable shopping bag with like five pounds of greens. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. So now we're, now we're actually cooking. So that's, you know, as much as we can do that in our own communities, that's, that's the solution. And it's just like, again, the idea of they can do all their tyranny, all their nonsense, but the more, or the less dependent we become on the system, the more we pull back and start to build our own self-reliance and our own infrastructure, our own like in-group preference. You know, we build these communities and then, you know, we can almost just cut them out of the picture entirely. You know, it's like with the, uh, it's like what the Freemasons do. They just like give each other jobs. Right. Or like the, the, the Mormons too, you know, it's just like, they only do commerce with each other the in Amish. their own little groups and the Amish. Exactly. You know, like these are things that we could, um, we can model our own little friend circles and communities around, you know? So, so you've been yeah. eating salad all week. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, and the hope thing, I mean, my, I guess I, 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 I don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying either. I always believe, you know, is mm -hmm. man is alive, whatever age that we're in, you yeah. know, there's always a hope, uh, you know, my hope comes from the beyond, right. The eternal, you know, Jesus and, I kind of feel like it can be D-Day. You can be a soldier, uh, you know, in, in Normandy or like in the movie 300, right? And mm -hmm. you might be fa facing certain death or 50-50 chance. And like, I, I would still have that same hope. You know what I'm saying? It just yeah. my, my, my attitude is like, um, no matter what happens, you know, just keep going forward. Don't get paralyzed like a deer in the headlights and be, you know, be upbeat as you're <laughs> on the yeah. beach storming uh normandy just all right we're going into this boys let's see what happens yeah. and it's like that's that attitude and so i i always have this i, I otherwise i wouldn't be doing you know what, what i'm doing now and um but uh, you know also having that realization that uh, things can get extremely bad but then being able psychologically to deal yeah. with that tough situation as well that's it man that's it it's just the mindset absolutely like i i get kind of 
sad when I hear other people like are, are some like the chat channels that I'm in people with the they, they, people are t totally black pilled and doomed like oh we're all doomed we're all gonna die it's like no man you can't we can't go into whatever's coming with that attitude we have to stay positive we have to just know in our hearts no matter what it is it's gonna be you know this is our time we're on this planet for such a short amount of time and this magical time I wouldn't want to be born any other time I'm so grateful for the struggles of the last few years like it's just like we just have to walk right into it. Like the whole anti-fragile mindset where it's like not just avoiding it, but actually just walking right into it. Like, yes, I want more. I want more. Bring it on. You know, <laughs> so, when I was in Geneva, I had an Iranian classmate and we would joke, you know, when World War Three happens, uh, you know, you just you walk directly into the fallout, into the mushroom uh, yeah. cloud. It was like black humor. And I feel like COVID was a good test because yeah. it's kind of like what you're saying. Um when they bring this all back again, which they will with the masks and yeah. all this stuff. And, you know, yeah. you know, I can imagine here in Mexico and I was having these arguments and shops and I just stopped going to shops that forced all this stuff. And, and uh, it's kind of like a game. You get off on it. You get off on fighting against evil of, of these little, um, you know, Stasi yes men working the yeah. security guards at the supermarket here in Mexico who have no idea yeah. that they're actually participating in Nazism, right. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or some flavor of it. And um, you get off because you're fighting tyranny. You're saying no to evil. And for me, that's that's something motivating. Uh, and now it's becoming fun to do. It's becoming like a game, right? When when the globalist evil says, you're going to put on your mask to buy food. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then you yeah, find yeah. ways around yeah. it, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like... Yeah. <laughs> Do do the do the cartel people wear masks or are they hardcore anti-vaxxers? What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> do they fall? Really... Do, is the cartels all getting boosted, or are they? Do they see through it? What do you think? I, you know, I've never come into contact. <laughs> I I did meet once. He was a security guard at, at yeah. um, where I taught. Um, he told me we met because he was a Christian, and we started to have lunch, and then. He, uh, for a while, then he disappeared. I don't know what happened to him, but he told me his story. He was a former cartel member, and then mm -hmm. he managed to get out just barely uh, alive. But I've never really had any contact with cartels. But, yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I, I think they would probably tend toward not yeah. doing it. But, I mean, I think I, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. If anybody knows, email me. I'd love to find out. As the cartel, are they just super awake, like hardcore anti-vaxxers, dude? That would be hilarious. You, you probably don't want to get emails from cartel members. Okay, not, not okay. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Okay, but uh, okay. So how about this? I got one more, one more thing, and then we'll wrap it up here. So the other thing, and, and just in, you know, around the idea of just like the like economic turmoil, the collapse, the end of an era, the end of an empire the you know i just saw this news article pop up and this is reuters and it's talking about how pakistan just bought some russian oil using chinese yuan right using chinese currency to buy russian oil so that may sound kind of innocuous right that may sound kind of okay yeah so what but it's like the idea of the american petrodollar that was the deal they made back in the 70s where it's like you're only allowed like it doesn't matter what country you're in. The only you're only allowed to transact and buy oil using the U.S. dollar, and that's what gives the U.S. dollar its like power, and it's and it's what gives America essentially its kind of power in the world. So now these countries are all like they're like ah no we're done with that, and so I almost get the vision of like America being like yeah but wait hold on you can't do that and like I just did so what 
it's like, and then like, oh, they're just going to go out and throw a temper tantrum. Like, what are your thoughts on all that? I mean, for me, what comes to mind is I think a lot of people are familiar with Jedward Griffin and Creature yep. from Jekyll Island. Uh, I've got it right up there, yep, signed yep. by him. He sent <gasps> it to me for Christmas, and he nice. took me out to lunch a decade ago. Nice, he took me. He, he imagine Jedward Griffin taking you out to lunch. Yeah, that's I was, amazing. I was a volunteer for his website, and cool. Um, that book is amazing, and it, yeah. it's one of the few books that just kind of stuck in my mind. And he predicted so many things in that. And one of the things he says that eventually the dollar will die or, de you know, de-dollarization basically will happen. We've exported our inflation to the rest of the world. And then when the dollars come back, like what you're just talking about now, that inflation is going to come back to the U.S., which is I think, what we're seeing now. And then that may lead to hyperinflation within um, the United States. And I, I think that's what's probably going to happen. There are really smart people that I follow, and some of them actually follow me, um, that talk about, oh, the dollar is never going to die. You know, there's nothing to replace it. Everyone uses dollars. And they're, they're kind of like the Peter Zihan uh, people. Um, and and so, I mean, some of these are really smart, but I just kind of, I feel like, no, I feel it's going to be like, it's going to collapse. And the living standards in america are going to decline you know the, we know the whole the name of the game is uh to bring back the middle ages it's it's mm -hmm. the you know wipe out the middle class the whole great reset project is across the board to uh you know wipe out the middle class and bring in the neo feudalism neo techno feudalism uh and i think what we're going to see is just low lo um lower standard of living and just more push instead of having like three classes it's going to be rich and poor more or more or less that's where we're going <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense, man. It's just crazy. Okay. So Yona in the chat, shout out to Yona. What's up, man? I just met him at the Nashville, man. He says, uh, El Chapo at yahoo.com. So I'm going to email him and see what's up. <laughs> see, see if they, they took the vaccine. So there you go. Um, damn dude. Well, I know you got two interviews you got to do on your show on TNT radio here in a couple hours. So I'm gonna let you go do some prep for that, but please, please, please tell everybody where they can follow and support you. Well, it says it right there, geopoliticsandempire.com, and then mm -hmm. uh, I take donations. If someone wants to consult with me, uh, you can pay, and we can chat about expatriation if you want to come to Mexico or cool. just podcasting or what, what the meaning of life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or TNT Radio uh, live uh, is where my daily show is there as well. So that's pretty much it. And I'm mostly active on my uh, Geopolitics and Empire Telegram channel and uh, okay. my Twitter Cool. Yeah, I got your Twitter links there in the episode description, but I'll have to get your uh, Telegram. I didn't realize that. I'll have to hop in there myself. So there you go. Perfect. Um, well, Roye, man, thank you so much. Like you're just doing amazing work out there. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, let's let's catch up again here soon on here because uh, as the world gets crazier, I need I need your perspective. So I mean, you got you've got your uh, fingers on a lot of pulses. So I'd appreciate that, man, very much. Yeah, and hopefully soon we see. Maybe I see you in uh, Austin in yeah. August, and um, uh, hopefully you come on uh, Geopolitics and Empire to to talk about uh, guerrilla information warfare. That sounds great, guerrilla. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so just for that, you guys. So uh, August twelfth, American Liberty Awards, Austin, Texas. Be there or be nowhere, and that's AmericanLibertyAwards.com. So, all right, brother. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a good show tonight. And I'll catch up with you soon. All right. All right. Peace. All right.